Welcome to the house of God tonight. We're so glad you joined with us. Those who are present here with us and those who are listening. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this day. We thank you for these uh, uh, these souls, these nations, these destinies that are before us, that are listening. We thank you for the opportunity to live life, to love, God, to be fruitful, to multiply. We magnify you for it. We thank you for it, that you are the answer to every problem. You are the source of health, source of life, source of strength, our source of peace. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And let your grace abound towards us unto every good work, everything that we do. We thank you that your grace abounds in our lives. Hallelujah. Amen. So this morning I opened the door to my car and I was putting some things in the back seat and I saw this little thing crawl and uh, I said, is that lint? And then it moved. And I said, okay, that's not lint. <laughs> um, and um, it, 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 it looked like it had more than eight legs, but it looked like some kind of spider, you know. And I, I, I recognized that he was a quick little guy. He was one of the spiders that just moved like that. Because he was quick. I said, oh, okay, you one of them guys. Okay. So I, you know, go get some uh, Kleenex or something to kind of dab it. And then this joker had the nerve to jump. <laughs> I said, okay. I backed up because, you know, I don't do jumpers. <laughs> I don't do jumpers. <laughs> like, I'm, well, my wife says I don't do bugs. <laughs> but, but this joker had the nerve to jump from like here to here. And it was like, like that. I said, okay, I don't do jumpers. So I said, God, there's got to be another way here because I got to go. And, and, and <laughs> you know, because I was just going to do one of those little, you know, get it up and throw it. So I, I, I had to get another way. So I found some cardboard in my trunk. And then I did one of these like, whoosh, so I had to change my method up. <laughs> so I was, I was glad that there was another way. <laughs> I, was, I was glad that there was another way. Because my philosophy is, if I don't want to do something, and there's, and there's no other way, okay, I, I, I got to put my big boy pants on, okay. I, I get it. But if I don't want to do something, and there is another way, trust and believe, I'm going to go with that other way. We thank God for the other way. Has God ever uh, provided a different way for you, <laughs> a way that was more applicable for you, <laughs> that, 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 that was palatable, that, that was more in, 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 in your confines? Because he's so gracious and so good. We thank God for another way that whenever you come into a situation where you say, man, this is the only way, you ask God for another way. God, is, is there any other way? Because I only need just one. Is there another way? <laughs> To get this thing done, because I'm committed to the outcome. But if there's another way, God, I thank you for it. Because God is a God of strategies. God is a God of methods. And, and, and uh, when one uh, uh, a method doesn't work or, or there's not a lot of buy-in, God says, okay, I got another way. Got another way. Got another way. There's this analogy about water, that, um, that water finds a way. And when water can't find a way, water makes a way. Because water can erode rock. It can find crevices and go around it. But as, 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 as light as water is and as heavy as a rock is, water will erode over that rock if there's no other way to get around it. That's the word working in our lives. The word literally creates ways where there is no way. That's why the word says he makes a way where there is no way. That's why you have to be saturated with the word and saturated with the very thoughts of God because there's always a way. Because my Bible says he makes me win. He makes me win. Causes me to triumph. Do I have any triumphers in the building tonight? Did he make you win in any kind of situation? Did he make you win? And you probably fearful and sweating and, you know, all kind of emotions, but you came out on the other side. He made you win that, that, that thing because my Bible says, listen, uh, of those who endure to the end, they get the prize. It's, race is not given to the swift and, and, you know, those who are smartest and they are well connected. No, no. Um, endures. Where are our endures? Our endures. Our endures. Those, those who have substance. Yes. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So we've been um, teaching about um, dominion authority and, and power, and we want to 
um, deal with authority and start dealing with authority. And I like this topic because um, um, it's just so good. <laughs> it's just so it's just so important. It's just so necessary because authority does come from God, regardless of what uh, anybody says. Re authority has been established by God himself. So if we were to give this a title, I would call it and we would call it. And you can write it this way. Authority, comma, the ultimate problem solver and excuse killer. Authority, comma, the ultimate problem solver and excuse killer. Authority is a problem solver. It is an excuse killer. It's more than about control. Authority, is, it's not about control. It's, it's actually about releasing, uh, uh, e e equipping and, 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 and launching. Uh, it's, it's the way God gets his, his agenda of heaven to the earth. It's the way he gets his agenda of heaven into the earth through authority. Authority. Hallelujah. Let's turn to Luke 7 and 1 through 10. Luke 7. And we're going to read 1 through 10. Authority, the ultimate problem solver and excuse killer. My wife has a, a quote on our, uh, we have like a whiteboard in our, in our bedroom. And uh, she wrote down a quote uh, from a book she's reading. And it, and it says, an excuse is the skin of a lie wrapped with a reason. I, I, I said, that's good. That's a uh, Chris Hogan, an excuse is the skin of a lie wrapped with a reason. Wrapped with a reason. We cast down every lie, every lie, every lie that has ever been spoken, that you've ever maybe even entertained. Um, uh, there, there's this, um, um, I think it's a psychiatrist or psychologist that, uh, um, that uh, studies this concept called the, the, the imposter syndrome. And um, she said that um, uh, the question was asked in an audience of, I think, uh, MIT students, um, really, 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 really smart people. Um, it's very hard to get in that school. You've got to be sharp. I mean, smart. Uh, thank you. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and they asked them, how many of you feel like um, you're going to be found out someday, that you're not as smart as... as as you think you are, or, or you know what I'm saying? Um, because uh, just because somebody is um, excelling in a particular thing doesn't mean that they don't have self-doubts. And the majority, if not all of the audience, raised their hand. We're talking smart people, like smart, like seriously. And they have this inadequate thinking about themselves that, I can't really do, I, I, you know, I'm not really as good as, as, you know, me getting into this school kind of says I am. And that's what the enemy wants to do is lie to you. Tell you all day long that you can't do something, that you don't have something, that you're unable to do something. But what happens is when authority enters the picture, it supersedes your understanding. It supersedes your competence and what you have and know and all of that stuff. Because doing the things of God, if it was contingent upon your knowledge and your ability and competence, we wouldn't be at, uh, um, 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 establishing anybody's <laughs> anything of heaven on the earth. <laughs> but Apostle always says it takes God to do God. When God gives you an instruction, at the very same time, he equips you for it. How does he equip you for it? He gives you the authority to carry it out. Which means when you have authority... You literally are the way. <laughs> when you have authority, God literally delegated his way-making ability to you. You don't just create a way. You are the way. Woo! Hallelujah. Jesus said, I am the way. 
See, as he is, so are we in this earth. When we start seeing ourselves as, if you put me in this picture, there will be a solution. That's literally the mentality of one who speaks as one with authority. One who operates and functions as one with authority. That mentality is, whoo, my goodness, that's strong. That's strong. Anybody ever dealt with somebody that you couldn't bring them problems because they're going to make you feel small because they'll turn around and make it happen in 24 hours or in a real quick and short time. Anybody ever had a boss like that or a parent like that? Nobody? Oh, you? <laughs> or a teacher? You, Keziah. <laughs> well, I have dealt with, you know, um, um, uh, those who were in positions of power that if you brought to them a problem, they would not say, oh, well, I guess it can't be done. Those who have authority, and let's just you know, put this in the business arena because let's say you have a, an, an established business and you need to keep this thing running. Revenue still needs to keep coming in. People are employed. They need to get paid. You come to them with the problem and let's say they're in maybe an executive position or even maybe an upper mid-level management position. And they say, well, I guess we can't do business no more. I guess we got to close our doors. Because someone so brought me a problem, and the way they articulated it, that's a hard problem. My goodness. We done. We through. No. Because anybody who's ever led people knows that you don't want people working for you that's always bringing you problems. Because you know that you have to stop what you're doing to solve the problem. Because you understand that you have the authority to solve the problem. And you're simply trying to teach those who you're leading... This, this, this thing called authority to take a level of ownership to solve the problem themselves. Because there will always be a problem that you cannot solve. You don't have the money or contacts or whatever. But what happens is when someone is in authority, and this happens in the IT realm area all the time, because technology is made by men and technology breaks. Show me a real good technician, and I will show you one who understands their authority. But then show me an individual who's in a position, and let's keep it tech because I understand tech, um, and there's something they probably don't even understand because it really gets complicated. But they're in a position of authority, and they understand this system has to be running so that we can take... Um, Financial transactions so that we can, you know, uh, do point of sale transactions. So we can't just say, oh, the, the register's not working, so we can't take money today. But the one that's in authority says we will move heaven and earth to make sure this is running by, Monday, by, by morning, in two, three hours, whatever we got to do. Who do we have to call? We're going to call so-and-so down here, and we're going to go up the ladder to make sure this is taken care of. In other words, I will not be denied. This will be running. We will not slow up. We are going to continue. We may have a little delay, a little pause, but we're going to keep going and pressing forward. That is the mentality of one who has authority, not one who was well-connected, not one who has a lot of money, not one who has a lot of time, but somebody who recognizes and understands the power that they have to move stuff, to shift stuff. It is a very powerful thing. And when you wrap faith and authority together, woo, you can't be stopped. Woo, Jesus. And let alone understanding and recognizing the thought the authority that god has given and delegated to us through jesus christ whoo we literally are <laughs> the most powerful institution on the face of the earth contrary to popular belief because my bible says the prayers of the righteous avail much why do the prayers of the righteous avail much because the righteous have chosen to do it god's way and when you do it god's way you literally welcome into your life God's authority to do it God's way. Because, they, because Jesus was teaching and they said, Jesus. Because they understood authority. That it, can, it comes from somewhere. So like, like, what authority are you speaking? Who did you get this from? He said, they understood the power of authority. 
because Jesus was moving stuff. He was shaking stuff. He was stirring stuff up. And they couldn't do nothing about it. Because I'm telling you, when you operate in, a, in authority, you are like a mighty rushing river. You cannot be stopped. You better move out of my way because you will, will get offended. You will get hurt. Because a will has to get accomplished. <laughs> because we running. Because if you get in my way and I'm running on the track, I'm sorry, but I'm running. You shouldn't have got on the track because I'm going to knock you over because I'm running. <laughs> Not that I wanted to. But I was moving so much with a, a definiteness of purpose, with a focus, that I'm burning up everything in my path and growing new grass. That's what authority does. That's just the introduction. Oh, Lord, Father. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes. Let's not uh, uh, yield to the temptations of inadequate thinking. Of insufficiency uh, thinking where I don't have enough I can't and you know all, all of that authority is the solution to all of those problems and all of those excuses because you bring an excuse to one who recognizes that they have the ability to create money not just go make money every time they will bring a solution with fruitfulness I mean every single time it, it, it is something to behold. Um, I guess before we um, um, read Luke 7 and 7, just, you know, pin that, pin that right there. <coughs> Proverbs. <coughs> Proverbs 29 and 2 simply says, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the, when the wicked beareth rule, the people mourn. Now, this is not just talking about when the righteous are in positions of authority. When the righteous are in authority, in other words, functioning in authority, because you can influence an influencer. So it's not even about position. It's about what you're walking in and how you are functioning as an individual, as a citizen of the kingdom, as one who has the ability to create things because we were made in his image and likeness. We are creators. Because we've put that kind of label on a certain type of people. Oh, that's a creative where they're artistic. They sing. They like graphics. They, they, they take pictures. They like social media. They like to dress down. They like you know, they flip flops and jeans. Oh, oh they're a creative. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're a creative. I'm a creative. We are a creative. Ah, Hallelujah. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. You must understand that. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked beareth rule, the people mourn. Genesis 1.28, God blessed them and said, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. He said, I'm giving you authority here on the earth. Period. I'm giving you authority to govern, to steward, to create, to establish, to build up, to tear down. I'm giving you authority to do all of those things. First, within your life. Because God understands that we cannot do his will without him. When he gives an instruction, he equips you for it every time. But he gives you spiritual equipping before natural provision. That spiritual provision is the authority. What, what is authority? Because uh, uh, here at Abounding Grace, uh, we have uh, 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 what's called the school of the warrior. We've had that um, uh, school in the past, and um, one uh, course in that was called the Principles of Authority. And um, if you're in Abounding Grace, or you've heard the teaching of authority many, many times, but there may be those who aren't Abounding Graces and they aren't familiar. Um, but it's always good to, to, to as, as Apostle says, give a refresher and, and you know, kind of bring things back to your remembrance so, so that you can become more aware of what God wants and what God really intends. But back to Luke 7, and we'll read 1 through 10. Luke 7, 1 through 10, I'm reading in the King James Version. And, and this is speaking of Jesus. Now, when he had ended all his sayings in the audience of people, he entered into Capernaum. And a certain centurion servant who was dear unto him was sick and ready to die. And when he heard of Jesus, he sent unto him, to, unto him the elders of the Jews 
beseeching him that he would come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly, saying that he was worthy for whom he should do this. For he loveth our nation, and he hath built us a synagogue. Then Jesus went with them. And when he was now not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying unto him, Lord, trouble not thyself, for I am not worthy that thou should come, uh, should enter unto my roof. Wherefore, neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee. But say in a word, and my servant shall be healed. For I also am a man set under authority, having under me soldiers, and I say unto one, Go, and he goeth, and to another come, and he cometh, and to my servant do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him, and turned him about, that's himself, about, and said unto the people that followed him, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And they that were sent, returning to the house, found the servant whole that had been sick. Uh, one thing about um, uh, this passage, it's also stated in uh, Matthew. And um, um, one thing about Matthew, Matthew was more concise, but Luke was a detail-oriented kind of brother. He was a physician, so he was about the details. And Matthew was concise in that he said the a centurion was talking to Jesus, but what it actually was, was this, the centurion sent people to talk to Jesus. But what happens is when you are in a position of authority and somebody speaks on your behalf, giving you the words to say, it's as if that one that is in authority is speaking. That's why Matthew said the centurion said, because it was those that he delegated and sent them to speak to Jesus. Uh, but Luke kind of, you know, peeled it out and, and gave more context to what was really going going on. And it paints a great picture of of authority. Um, and then we'll un, unpack that. But let's let's define real quick what authority is. Authority is the power or right to direct the actions of a thing. The power or right to direct the actions of a thing, I like to say, to make something happen. The power or the right to direct the actions of a thing. The power or the right to direct the actions of a thing. Authority is the legal right to exercise power. It is the legal right to exercise power. Well, so-and-so, they don't have a lot of experience and knowledge and know-how. But if they got the authority, they have the legal right to exercise power and make decisions that you may not even agree with. But I'm smarter than so-and-so. Like, I can do what they're doing. It's not, it's not about that. Because if you try to do it, nothing will happen because you don't have authority. That's how powerful this thing is. Authority, and this is my definition, authority is access. Authority is access. Authority is access. Authority is access. Uh, we have what's called principles for living. They're actually on our website, and uh, there are, I think, 10 or 12 of them on there. And what's, I think the second one says, uh, authority is God's plan to protect your life. Authority is God's plan to protect your life. To protect your life, not restrict your life. Moreover, authority is God's plan to release your life. Because there are certain things that you cannot get, there's certain levels that you cannot get to unless someone opens the door and lets you through it. Absolutely. That's why there's a glorious purpose to authority. A glorious purpose, which means we, we could not do the works of Jesus without authority. And we couldn't do the works of Jesus even if we wanted to without authority. We can't. But he says, with God, all things are possible. And with authority from God, watch out. Authority is access. Uh, we're in the midst at um, my job. Uh, installing a new software system 
and it's for uh, tracking uh, um, what's called service requests, incidents, anything that anybody picks up the phone to call IT for. We have a tracking system for that. And it's a very complicated piece of software. A lot of work goes into configuring it and setting it up. And um, anything like that, you don't want to give everybody access to, to make configuration changes and all that because they can break something, especially if, if, if it becomes very important to how we do things in workflows. So only certain people need to have access to it. But in this process of setting it up, we need to be able to you know, move this thing along. And we have a lot of tasks that need to get done. And we can't just leave that to one person because the project would take a long time to, to get done. So I um, uh, am delegating the tasks that are listed out to other people to do and to create. And, and um, I was uh, teaching someone how to do something within the system. Mind you, I was logged in under my credentials. And then, I, you know, and then I said, okay, you know, it's how you do it, so on and so forth, you know, and then I left them to it. But then I like stopped mid back to my, you know, station. It was like, wait, I need the access. <laughs> because I, I can teach you how to do something. Great, I know how to do it. But I need to give you the access to actually do what I'm asking you to do. So I had to go in there and figure out how to give this individual access to do the exact task that I wanted them to do. That's exactly how God operates. Where he's not going to give you instructions to do something and then not give you the access to his grace to get it done. Because grace is God's empowering presence upon your life. Grace is God's ability to do through you what you cannot do yourself. It is that authority to get the job done. By any means necessary that doesn't violate the rights of others, that doesn't uh, um, um, uh, uh, grieve the Holy Spirit, that doesn't displease God. By any means necessary to get the job done. But I had to give them access. Now, they don't know about the system and how to write the code. I don't know about the system, how to write the code and build it and all that kind of thing. But that doesn't matter. If I give you access to it, you can get the task that I'm asking you to do done. Because there are certain things that we just want to know everything, everything, everything. God is like, listen, listen, there are things that are reserved for my mind and my mind only. Okay? You focus on what I'm telling you to do. And you're wanting to go here and learn and, 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 and do this and be involved in all of that. And God says, what did I get, tell you to do? He said, don't go over here and try to do what they're doing. I didn't give you authority to operate in a, a sphere of influence that I gave so-and-so. But I gave you your sphere of influence. And you can be fruitful and multiply in the jurisdiction that I've given you authority to function in. That's why Paul said to compare ourselves amongst ourselves is not wise. Because not everybody could have done what Moses did. Not everybody could have done what David did. Not everybody could have done what Paul did. But he said, I chose one, and I gave you access. Because I need this work done by this person. I need this work done by this person. And when I say not everybody could have done, I'm talking about what God tells you to do, that's what you are to do. As opposed to wanting to do what somebody else is doing and receive the accolades of what somebody else is, is doing. Because if God wanted you to do that, he would have said do that. But he's saying, no, do this. I want you to plant here. But God, I want to plant over there because it's growing up real good. No, 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 no. This is a dry and barren land over here. I, I want you to plant here. But God is dry and barren. I know. I'm going to give you the authority to make it fruitful. Because he'll say, plant here. You'll say, God, plant here? He said, yeah. Why, God? This ground is hard. He says, I'm going to give you the authority to carry out this task. I'm going to grace you to do this thing. And you will see streams in deserts. You will see water from rocks. You will see things that are impossible happen. Because you chose to simply do it my way. And when you do it God's way, you do it with the authority of God. You do it with all heaven backing you up. Hallelujah. So insights that we get from this passage that we just read. Verse 2, uh, I said, and a, a certain centurion servant who was dear unto him. So the, because we're just uh, uh, laying foundation. It, uh, it says a certain centurion, uh, a certain, yes, yeah, centurion servant 
who was dear unto him was sick and ready to die. It said, so, so their servant was dear unto him. See, to be an authority means it's not all about you. It's not all about you. You're in that position to be a blessing to others, to open doors that they can't open for themselves, to provide ways that they're unable to provide for themselves. And he really loved his service. To be an authority means you've been selected to war with others. You've been selected to war with others. He accepted the call to be a leader over men and women, which means you bear one another's burdens. You, you war together as opposed to, oh, you, you, that's going on in your life? Well, figure it out. But having authority means you've been selected to war with other people. To celebrate when it's going good, to add to the fruitfulness, but to also help war when it's difficult. Help, help, help fight when it's challenging. Why? Because you have a level of access that enables you to release others into realms they are, are unable to release themselves into. Such a necessary component to the kingdom of God. Authority. And then another insight here. Found in verse 5. For it said, for he loveth our nation and he hath built us a synagogue. See, the thing about this, um, and, and it just shows the integrity of uh, this Roman centurion. He was not a Jew, but he loved Jews, built them a synagogue, and they're telling Jesus this story. That's why you, you got to rule well, because even if you, you, you aren't a part of this kind of group, God's grace is not, you know, segregate to certain groups and all of that. He, he says, am I, I'm, I'm finding faith here. I'm looking for faith. I'm not looking for denomination. I'm looking for faith. And this brother un understood his authority. And clearly he, he understood the law. He understood the things of God and God's people. Because he sent Jews to talk to Jesus. Because in Acts, I think 1028, a Jew and a Gentile, they, a, a, according to the law, they can't be all, you know, talking and, you know, mixing together. But thank God for the New Testament. So he sent Jews to talk to Jesus. He said the elders and, and the, to talk to Jesus and, 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 and those who, are, who have the, the, uh, um, the, who can approach Jesus uh, according to the law are telling Jesus about this man and his love and the things that he's doing and all of that. When you rule well, you being in authority and those being under you, they will open doors that you cannot open for yourself. They will speak well of you to others and, and cause access that you uh, will not be able to get yourself. Isn't that something? Isn't that powerful? That's if you rule well. So they're talking to Jesus about this. And it said Jesus heard it. And he went with them. Because to be an authority, one must operate in love and be a giver. So Jesus recognized the love that this man has and his willingness to give. That verse 6 says, Jesus, uh, then Jesus went with them. And when he was now not far from the house, centurion sent friends to him, saying unto him, Lord, trouble not thyself, for I'm not worthy that thou shouldest enter under my roof. He wasn't just, you know, kind of like uh, false humility. He, 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 he just understood uh, uh, the Torah. He understood certain things. He said, I'm not worthy. He said, wherefore, neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee. But So the centurion understood holiness. He recognized the ways of approach and the ways of doing things correctly uh, um, and all of that stuff. But he also understood that there are levels to this. He understood that there are levels because he was hearing about what was going on and what Jesus was doing. And, 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 and he's like, and culturally, everybody understood authority. And he's like, okay, this brother got something that I need. This brother has something that I need. And by him wanting Jesus to come, the integrity of this man was saying, 
It's something that I can't bribe Jesus for. I can't buy this thing that he has. But he has something that I need. And if I could just have him speak on my behalf, because clearly he has authority. Clearly he's operating in a power that's greater than himself and everybody else that I know. Because my servant is sick. My heart goes out. And Jesus heard the story and responded. And the rest is history because he understood that he could only get what Jesus had from Jesus himself. He could not get what Jesus had from others. He said, bring Jesus here or no. He said, uh, uh, tell Jesus to at least speak a word. He recognized the girth and the force of this authority so much. He said, if I just if I can get this brother, just speak. Something is going to happen. That's why you want to come together as a body. That's why the fivefold is called set gifts. Because the scripture said, um, um, the centurion said, hey, I am a man set under authority. Because God put set gifts in the body to release you, to equip you for ministry, but to open doors for you. To say, go head on. There's a purpose for set authorities. A purpose for set authorities. That boss that you don't like, that may be uh, the boss that speaks on your behalf to somebody else at another company or they having a conversation. Hey, I know somebody. That's the power of this thing. Authority releases people. It opens doors because my Bible says ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. But then it says Knock. And the door will be open unto you. It didn't say knock and then you can open the door. Which clearly means that there's somebody on the other side of that door that has a key that can open that door and let you through. Which means that there are places that if you want to get into, you got to get in touch with the authorities because they got the keys. Authority is also a key. Because you don't have to have all of the degrees and all of the characters after your name. You just need to have the access, the authority. How do we know that? Because there are plenty of people that are doing very, very, very well in business that did not graduate high school. And then those who have eight degrees after their name, they're seeking so-and-so down because they become an authority in a particular domain. In other words, one who has uh, uh, learned how to make things happen on, in this field. Because at the end of the day, where's the fruit? At the end of the day, where the fruit? I don't care how good your leaves look. I don't care how good your grass and your dirt look. I don't care how, how great the sun is shining. I don't care if the wind is blowing and the, the, the birds are out and, and you know, it just looks great, it looks wonderful, it looked like it can do something. But those with authority, they say, where the fruit at? <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, where is the fruit? <laughs> Where's the fruit? Where's the fruit? Because if you want something to happen, give it to a leader. A true leader is one who has authority, recognizes it, and functions in that authority. If you want something to move, give it to a leader. Give it to somebody who has a trail of fruitfulness. They may be busy, 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 but they got fruit. Give it to so-and-so because they got some authority to make stuff happen, to plant stuff, and you just see stuff bubbling up. I don't know how they do it. Oh, my goodness. I want what you got. Well, you got it too. Use it. Because that's what God is saying. He's saying, you got everything you need. To be fruitful, to multiply, to replenish, to subdue. You got everything you need to do it, Deke. Everything. He said, use it. Use it. Use it. A farmer who has a tractor, who has all kind of tools and technology and all of that, but it's in the barn collecting dust. You can have all the tools at your disposal, all of the knowledge, all of it, all of it. But if you don't use it, where, then your fruit 
is suffering. Your fruit is not there. But we having authority, let's use it to the praise of his glory. Not to impose our will upon others, but to establish his will. Not to get our way done, but to make his name glorious. Because that centurion said, I'm a man set under authority. See, there are two perspectives of authority that you must understand. He said, I'm submitted under authority. Before you operate in authority, you must be submitted under authority. Because I can walk into Wawa right now and start telling folk what to do. Right now, just like in like five minutes, walk up the street and be like, do this, do that. They're going to look at me crazy and they're going to put me out because I don't have authority to tell them what to do. But in that same breath, the MOD, the manager on duty, can say, go here, do this, do that, do do, and they, and they respond. Why? Because they have authority. Very important. To operate in it, you must be submitted under it. And he knew that Jesus is submitted under something, somebody powerful. My goodness, my God. Because he's operating in some serious something. He said, I'm a man set under authority, having under me soldiers. I say uh, unto one go, and he go to another come, and he cometh, and to my servant do this, and he do it. Um, it so he, he, he recognizes. You having authority, when you speak, stuff happens even if you don't see it. If you move, stuff moves. Ah, yes. He, he, he understood. And I said earlier, authority originates from God. Authority is from God. How we know that? Romans 13 and 1. Let every soul be subject unto higher powers. For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Before one operates in authority, they must be submitted under authority. We cannot say that enough. We cannot say that enough. We cannot say that enough. Because uh, show me a person who has power, but they're not submitted under authority. They are a nuclear weapon and will cause all kind of destruction. Because the Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death. That way that seems right to a man is a man or woman that has decided to seek their own happiness and do things their way with no boundaries, no jurisdiction. Because power must be harnessed. It must be harnessed with a righteous heart. It must be harnessed with a righteous desire, with righteous laws. It must be harnessed because it will do more harm than good in the name of helping people. I, I, I just want to help. I just want to help. I just want to help. But what happens is with our desire to want to just uh, make everybody happy and giving them what they want, they don't get what they need. Because what happens when you have everything that you want and not what you need? Your, your teeth fall out. I want the candy. I want the candy. Give me the sweet, sweet, sweet. Your teeth fall out. Your body suffers. I just want, 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 I just want. Everything you want and not what you need, you'll be ignorant. You will have no discipline. But authority comes to equip you to soar. Submit you under so that you can go above and soar above. Because my Bible says, uh, 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 Jesus speaking, I'll give you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions. Authority does not press you down but it puts you on top of that which would try to press you down. That, that which would try to eat your resources. That's what, that which would try to take advantage of your life. You walking on top of it. Huh? Because I got authority. I give you authority to walk on top of the problem or the excuse. Walk over top of that joker with the authority of God. That's why you say you going under my feet. I'm walking, you are subject to me. When you walk in, in the authority of God, what is subject to God is subject to you. Woo! Hallelujah. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. That's why he delegated it. He said, yeah, they subjected to, they subjected to me. And the enemy is like, well, you, I can't do nothing with you, but I can do something with them. And Jesus said, watch me. I give you authority 
<laughs> now, <laughs> come on, attack my children. Go, come on and watch what happens. <laughs> he said, I prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Watch what my authority can do. You ain't doing nothing but speaking words. Oh, they ain't just words, baby. Ain't just words? Okay. Oh, okay. Woo. That's why we set a guard over our mouths, because I recognize the authority. That if I believe what I say and say what I believe, you watch it. It's going to happen. You watch. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The second perspective after submitting under authority, and I already said it, you function in authority. You function in authority. Those are the two perspectives, functioning in and submitting under. And it painted that picture in Luke, where you saw one who said, I'm, I'm submitted under. And then you saw one who functioned in it and just spoke a word. At verse 7, but say a word and my servant shall be healed. Authority is not bound by geographical location. It is not bound by the laws of physics. It is not bound by what, what we think. But authority can get anywhere. I can say one thing on this side of the world and it affects something going on in China. That's what authority can do. That's what authority can do. A wise man once said, by way of Marvel Comics, Uncle Ben, Spider-Man's uncle, he said, with great power, which is another word for authority, comes great responsibility. And that is so true. That is so true. With great power comes great responsibility. Not, oh, I got power. I, I don't want to mess anything up. It's the responsibility to open doors for others. It's the responsibility to carry out the agenda of heaven. That's the responsibility of authority. Not to say that you have all and you have and you have and, and look at me. But that responsibility is to exercise it. Use it. It's one of the greatest tools in the kingdom. Authority is about opening and closing doors. Opening and closing doors. Because I can close a door over my own life by the authority of Christ. And I can open doors over my own life by the authority of Christ. And others can open doors on my behalf by the authority of Christ. Knock and it will be open. So here's what you want to do to, 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 to make sure you're functioning in the authority. One, you must be well acquainted with the word, not from a ever feeding yourself, but really seeking to understand how this works in life. Seeking to understand how to use my sword of the spirit for every situation. Because you don't have to, you know, um, um, uh, uh, be a theologian. You don't have to be the greatest swordsman on earth. You just need to know how to use the sword. <laughs> you understand? Because there are plenty of people, and, and um, YouTube is great for this. It, it, it has enabled a lot of people to learn how to play instruments that would not have learned otherwise. At a certain level, that will enable them to be fruitful. Like, hey, I'm not trying to be Carlos Santana. All right, so, or so-and-so's or, or not trying to be Carlos Santana, but they are bearing a lot of fruit. Because Chris Tomlin would tell you, hey, I'm not the greatest player, you know, <laughs> but that brother bearing a lot of fruit, <laughs> okay? He, he may not be able to flip it, twist it, and break it like everybody else, but he said, you know what? I've been able to, to get it to a certain place that I can man. Now, boom, be fruitful. How'd I get on that? <laughs> but, but what you want to do is fill your mind with, I, I like this, victory thoughts. I call it victory thoughts. Those who operate in authority, they always have victory thoughts. We will not be denied. We will win. There's a problem. 
If there is a problem, there is indirectly a solution. There always is. There is never a problem that on the other side of the door that there's another problem. There's always a solution. Every problem. To every excuse, there's always an answer. There's always a way. Because an excuse is like a, a wall you put up. But when you fill your mind with, what I say, victory thoughts, that is a before the game, during the game, after the game. Let's go. We got this. Ain't nothing. Ain't nothing. Shoot it again. Do it again. Take another swing. Take another shot. Come on. Hit it. Let's go. Yeah, we got it. Uh-huh. It's a little, you know, low right now. It's about to go up. It's about to go up. We, it may not be points on the board, but we about to put some points on the board. Hallelujah. Victory thoughts and victory words. Literally thinking like you are going to come over this. Come out, not just come out of it, but out of it with fruitfulness. Out of it with resources. Because God wants to give you a, a sustenance, not just spiritually, but naturally. Because he understands. God is a materialistic God. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> he is into the small things. He said, I'm going I'm to I'm deck you out. Because you understand the authority that I've given you. And you are doing well. You are doing well. I can use you. God, make me useful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As we close up, um, last week was uh, July 4th, and um, it was eventful for us, the travel anyway. When we got to where we got to, we enjoyed it, but the travel was eventful. See, what had happened was Wednesday night, mind you, we're flying out Thursday, 8 in the morning. Wednesday night, we get a text. Your flight is canceled. It's about 10 o'clock. You know, we're trying to get to bed because we need to get about 4, you know, and then get prepared, drive on down to Baltimore, BWI. We get text, you know, and there's only one option, an alternative flight. Now, our current flight, it was a nonstop, straight into Charlotte. This alternative flight was not out of the same airport in a neighboring airport 45 minutes away. And it had a connecting flight in South Carolina. So we, we you know, we talk about it. Well, you know, oh, I didn't want to do that. You know. All right, we'll chalk it up. Let's do it. So we had to, because our return flight is in BWI, so we still had to drive to Baltimore. Rent a car, drive to Dulles Airport, and then Reagan Airport, and wait for our flight. Mind you, it wasn't going to fly out at 8. It was going to fly out at 1. So now our morning is gone, and we got to fly out at 1. All right, we'll deal with it. We'll deal with it. You know, we get there. You know, we waiting. We walk into the gate. We get a text. Your flight is delayed. One hour. Really, though? Really, though? We get to the gate, you know. We, we wait. About 20 minutes to board time. We get another text. Your flight is delayed. 45 minutes. We say, what in the world? This is crazy. Mind you, we have a connecting flight. We get about four more texts. Your flight is delayed another hour, another hour, another hour. Our connecting flight is at 7. It's an hour and a half flight. It's about 4.30. So we like, um, are we going to miss our connecting flight? What is going on here? So our wife goes up to the counter to just ask about the flight that keeps getting delayed. Like, what's going on? You know, what's, what's, what's... Because when we was getting to the airport and stuff, it was sunny and, you know, wasn't nothing really going crazy. It wasn't torrential and all that, you know. Uh, but it, it was weather related, but we didn't know all of that stuff. And everybody in there... They was frustrated too. Everybody frustrated. Cancellations and, and, and delays and all that kind of stuff. And so wife talking to the you know, girl and, and you know, trying to get some other options or whatever and and that ain't happening or whatever. And and uh, you know, we waiting. Bam, another text. Delayed again. I said, man, uh, well, let's go find out about the connecting flight because uh, we need that thing to wait on us. <laughs> um, we can't have that thing leave because then we got to rent a car in South Carolina <laughs> and then try to Charlotte. So this is getting crazy right here. 
And so well, my wife dealt with one person. But when I was walking up, because we've been there so long, we know everybody who was there. <laughs> so when a new face come in, oh, they ain't been here before. Okay. But one of the workers of the airline, so they, you know, they come up, I'm walking. And mind you, everybody that's at the counter, they turning around frustrated. They turning around going back, just, just mad and all of that. I said, this probably ain't going to be good. I'm probably wasting my time at this counter right here. But this person comes up, and they're just logging in. Like, I'm waiting, and like, something wrong with the computer. They ain't logging in. I said, I know something wrong with the computer. <laughs> but uh, we need a flight, you know. So I just said, you know, our connecting flight. So, you know, um, if we miss it, do we miss it? She said, well, yeah, they're not waiting on you. I said, what? I said, so what we do? You know, so you know, we're talking and deliberating. And, and she was gracious, you know. Clearly, she's been working there for a long time, and she know how to do, you know, all that kind of stuff, and, and going, like going through all kind of options and, and looking for different airlines and, all the, and different airports and all of that. And I'm like, I'm not trying to go through all that stuff now. She's like, I, I can get you to go to Chicago and then come back to Charlotte. I can get you to go to Atlanta and then come back to Charlotte. I said, this is way too much. I said, I said my wife is up to here right now. <laughs> I said, I don't want to have her go through no more walking through airports, no more security, all of that stuff and connectedness and all. It's, it's getting dark. Andy about to shut the airport down at about 7 o'clock because they're going to have a flyover for 4th of July. So we needed to get out of there before they shut the airport down. And while I'm like going back and forth with my wife and we going over options and, and the one we, we've been waiting on that was delayed about five times was canceled. And we going through all kind of options, all kind of options. Come to find out, this lady that just walked in and was you know, trying to hook us up, she was a manager. She was a manager. And she just knew the dizzle, you know. And, you know, there was like some rapport building and, you know, talking and all that kind of thing. And she was filling our situation and all that. Everybody had situations, okay? Everybody had situations. But what she did for us, she ain't do for everybody else. So we just talking and all that kind of thing and going through stuff. I mean, she went through all kind of, all kind of options and, and stuff. Because when I got there, she was like, oh, this is the easy one. I can just put you on another flight. I was like, a word? But then as we kept going, she's like, you know, this is like complicated right here. Because why did they put you here when you could have did this? And then she was like, because we came in at the bottom level to kind of get our actual tickets and all that kind of thing. She was like, who, who, who gave you this ticket? They could have just gave you a flight straight to Charlotte. Why did they connect you and all that? She's like, is she still working? You know, she was going to call down there. <laughs> I said, please don't, please don't get a fire. But, <laughs> but, but. Going through all these options, and it just wasn't gonna work. Okay, we kind of just shot. Wasn't nothing happening. She's like, "Look, there's one flight going out of Dallas, which is 40 minutes from where we were. Mind you, we don't have a car. We rented a car, <laughs> drove to that airport, and turned it in. So we would have to rent another car to drive to another airport to go out. And and that was gonna leave in about an hour. She said, "Well, you can still get there, you know." And I'm, I'm like, I, I, I don't want to chance it because if we miss that flight, it no, no. <laughs> so we got one the next morning, okay, seven in the morning, you know. And mind you, we don't have a car. And it's like five five o'clock. My my brother lives about an hour away, so I'm getting ready to like text him like, you know, can you like come and. I didn't even know he, he was like an hour away. I knew he was around. I didn't, I didn't know until later, like, brother was an hour away. I thought he was like 15 minutes around the corner kind of thing. So I'd be asking him to drive an hour and then an hour back, you know, to stay and all that kind of thing. And, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, and all it is, it's like 45 minutes I'm sitting with her and, you know, all of this kind of, you know, stuff and such. And, you know, I guess she just, you know, has some empathy. And she was like, let me, let me find you a hotel voucher. I said, don't say it too loud. <laughs> and she looking, booked it in like five minutes. There you go. Because mind you, we, need, we needed to use these tickets because we couldn't get our money back. At most, we can get a voucher for $75 per ticket. At most. At most. And then, you know, I was, I, I was like, okay, so where's the hotel? Um, is it, uh, because I, I, I was thinking it was like, uh, 
uh, like at that airport, like close, close, close by. We just Uber on over or whatever. She said, it's at the other airport that we got to drive 40 minutes to. <laughs> I said, so, oh, okay. And she said, hold on. Gave me a voucher for a cab fare <laughs> to, to, to go to the airport. Uh, uh, there, and then we still calculating like so. How far is the hotel from the um, other airport? She said it's just two miles. So we get there, and they got shuttle to the airport, to and from the airport. So we ain't got to get no Uber and all that kind of thing. <laughs> and, and and we we fly out the next day and all of that. And she still gave us eighty dollar vouchers per ticket. So she gave us three vouchers, okay. And then. Me understanding authority, I said, thank God that we got a manager, a MOD. Because I guarantee you they did not do that for everybody because that's a lot of expenditures. Because you got to write down the reason why you, you giving somebody a voucher. So she, no lo- so, so she didn't just have uh, 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 access. She had the authority to make decisions. You always want a decision maker. You want a decision maker. When you want something to move, make a way where there is no way, you want a decision maker. I said, that's a beautiful consolation prize because I would have been upset. My white man would have been upset. We would have had to rent another car and do all that foolishness, find somewhere to stay for the night and all of that. We walked down, took our voucher, gave it to the cab guy. He said, read that, brother. He <laughs> said, read it. Oh, okay. He said, can you write down your number? Because, you know, he want to get paid, you know. But it's a voucher and all of that. So, you know, we good. Gave it to him. He drove there. And we got out. Gave a voucher to the hotel. Like, we feeling like, yo, we got access. You, you, you got questions? You better call Anita. <laughs> you got questions? You got questions? <laughs> this was given to us. Authority is given. It's a gift. Woo. And we laid down, had some good rest, and got going the next day because we shuttled onto the airport and everything got on. And then we got through because this was a direct flight to Charlotte, not a connecting. I said, glory. I said, thank God for authority. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. And then God said, that's right. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. But come on, stand to your feet. <laughs> hallelujah as the teaching was going through I know you were getting some things some actionable instructions from from the Lord and I just want to pray that you willfully carry them out that you willfully say, God, by your authority, this will get done. We will be fruitful. Yes. There will be a legacy. There will be uh, um, uh, what you said. Um, um, we'll put one foot in front of the other. We will work our land. We'll exercise this authority given. We will seek you for wisdom. So we simply just want to, want to pray that you exercise courage and boldness. Because it's not a situation where it's just going to be all gravy and all of that. There, yeah, there'll be some hardness and some rough things. But guess what? Jesus said, I've overcome. So you can overcome. The Christian life is a victorious life. And as you overcome, you turn around and tell others how to overcome, how to use the authority. Because God, God wants you to get victory so that you can teach others and show others the way. So, God, we thank you right now. For every person that's here, we thank you for who they are and why they are and your purpose for their lives. God, we thank you for going beyond our understanding and our competence and giving us access to your grace. Let your grace abound unto every one of us towards good works. May we not entertain the lies of the enemy that says something can't be done. But may we meditate on the word that says all things are possible and that you are a rewarder of those that diligently seek you. We thank you, God, for increasing our seek for you.
That God, as we seek you, we're seeking you for wisdom to use the power and authority that you've given us. We thank you that we live with open hands, that we are rivers, not reservoirs, that we are rivers, that we are solutionists, that we are the way, that we are creators. And God, may we start in the small things. May we be diligent in the small things. May we be rulers in the small things, and you will make us rulers over much. And increase the fruits of our righteousness. God, may we, may we plant seeds, cultivate those seeds, get fruit from those seeds, because you will give us more seeds, because you multiply every seed sown, because it is your authority that is at work. We thank you for your will being done on earth as it is in heaven. And we thank you for giving us this day our daily bread. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give God praise. Come on, give God praise. <laughs> Hallelujah.